This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. That's us. It hey, is. we're on. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, good morning, everybody. Uh, Charlie Dobbin, of course, and uh, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Yes, indeed. Welcoming the you. Under, under, under garden. Yeah, you know, it's nice to know that uh, at this point in time on a Saturday morning, a lot of folks are tuning us in or we're kind of joining them around the breakfast table. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're listening from their cars, or whatever. Or the but, porch, or, the, yeah. you know, the leaves are turning. It's beautiful. What a beautiful yeah, Saturday. Absolutely lovely, lovely morning. And I should read. You know, get our uh, phone numbers on the air. But I think one. I interrupted you. You wanted to say something about sharing the the moment. Yeah, no, with it's, everyone. it's just there's. I don't know. In the last maybe four or five months, it has become more and more evident to me, and I think to you too, that we have a, a large number of people who follow the show. That's right, and it's attributable really to uh, emails that are. Well, being yeah, sent to us. a lot of folks. You know, write things they wouldn't maybe say on the air. Maybe, and and then. Of of course, some people even call themselves groupies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Aldina, one of our groupies. Anyway, thank you so much for joining. It really does mean yeah, a lot. It, it does. does. So let me uh, get the phone numbers on the air to make sure you know what we're doing and how you're doing it, okay? In uh, in Toronto, well, you can call 416-367-9636 or our regular number here is one 866 740-4740. Okay? Thank you, Frankie. And You're done, I guess, right? Well, That's your job. Oh. Yeah, no. I got I got my little announcement out. Ooh, if you're a first-time yes. caller, uh-huh, <laughs> let us know, and that will precede your voice on the air. And mm. that is a welcoming bell, which yeah. gives you your garden wings. Well, and of that's course, exactly it's it. pretty handy to have wings well, when you have a garden, yeah. <laughs> because you get that aerial view, right? You can do that, you know, that drone it, shot, so exactly. to speak. Oh, a drone shot. Wow. <laughs> hey, um, so just, like, I'm smiling. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'm so happy. We got rain. Yes. Out at our place in Prince Edward County, finally. Not just four drops that you could count on the patio, which yeah. has been it's kind of the, the trend <clears throat> since about June. Yeah. This past week, we had overnight hours of gentle, steady rain, uh, short, steady rain, I guess, on Monday night, and then a real mm-hmm. long one Tuesday night. And then you and Shirley came to visit, which was so fun to see you. Oh, that was Wednesday, right? I think you that's came. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, impressive. Boy, I'll tell you the landscaping you've done and the amount of grass that you're going to have to cut. Oh, <laughs> lovely. But well, welcome to the county. There's a done, lot of you've grass. You've done a wonderful thing in the backyard. Maybe you could explain the circle. The circle. Well, uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. And even now, people look at it and they're like, so what is that? Is that like a fire pit or something? Yeah, like it looks about maybe, uh, think of a circle, folks, a diameter uh, of about 30 feet. No, almost. more than that. It's 42. Is it really? The okay. outside diameter. 
diameter is 42 feet. Okay. And then we've created a garden that's seven feet deep. So sort of imagine a donut that's seven okay. feet deep on the perimeter of that 42-foot circle. Yeah. And then inside the garden is all pea gravel. Now, we have left about an eight-foot entrance into this circle, so the right. donut is not yeah. complete in terms of the garden. And when we did it, we thought, well, you know, we're, we're like, let's – Let's kind of go with with na- we're, we're being very natural and um, we went with nature on this. So Elliot pulled out his phone, brought up the compass, put his phone on the ground, and we made the entrance exactly on the compass, exactly due west. Okay. So we have a circle that's quite magical, actually. It's all planted now with shrubs, mostly shrubs, a couple of trees, all of which are very bird friendly. So uh-huh. bird shelter, bird food. Um, Unfortunately, probably some deer food as well, so I'll be, you know, fighting them off. <clears throat> but, you know, many berry trees, yeah. service berry, choke cherry, lots of viburnums, a multitude of viburnums, crabapple, mountain ash, um, some junipers for shelter. So, yeah, so, and that will all grow up. Right mm-hmm. now, none of it's very big, but it'll all, nothing will be less than 12 feet tall. So it'll oh, be, wow. a, it'll yeah. be like an enclosed garden, circular garden with a wide entrance. And, um, and yeah, so I kind of envision I could use that as a teaching garden, could use as a healing garden, you know, the yeah. circles are yeah. interesting, right? How they work. It's, it's quite beautiful. You weren't able to go into it because we're, we well, got all the little tender grass seeds. Are you seeds. kidding? I, I ventured forth, just <laughs> got my foot. No, don't you step anywhere in that grass. Well, yeah, so we're just trying to get that grass up and it's <laughs> yeah, a lot of grass, so it's yeah. all been seeded. The rain is so excellent. I'm so excited. So we're, we're, I'm like, you know, I'm just bubbling with joy. I'm so happy. And I'm looking at our phone lines, and I'm bubbling with joy because oh, nice. we've got folks waiting on the line. Yeah. We better take a little break here, come back and have a chat and see what's going on out there in Zoomerland. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here at The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're having too much fun there, <laughs> Too <Frankie>. much fun. <laughs> well, okay. Let's say hi to, uh, right off the bat here, Helen calling in from maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. 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 I have a little pine tree, and over the summer, it had four trunks, four tiny ones. Over the summer, it killed off three, but there's one remaining. It's about uh, maybe... Two and a half feet tall, mm-hmm. and how do I separate the one that's still green from the others, or should I? Uh, okay, so um, so the tree, if we looked at the tree, is it growing with one single stem out of the soil and then separating to four? No, it's four, four coming out of the soil. Okay, and and is it, do, are you sure it's a pine? Could it it's a Norfolk Island pine. Okay, that makes a difference. So, of course, you know that Norfolk Island pine is a tropical plant. Yeah. Yes, and is an indoor plant. Okay, good to know. Just that does make a difference. Okay, what I would do, if you have a sharp pair of scissors or preferably pruners, yes. all you're going to do is you're going to very, you know, you can even use like a little spoon or fork, move the soil away from the dead stalk down, you know, half an inch or so, not very far. Use your pruners and do, and just cut off the dead stuff. 
Cut it on a very slight angle. You don't want to cut it completely flat or parallel to the ground because when you water, the water will sit on that flat cut bit and and rot will set in. So just a, a slight angle, just at or slightly below soil level and then put the soil back up with your little spoon or fork and lots of sun for that plant. It wants a bright spot in your house and only water when it's dry, but do, when you do water, water thoroughly. Okay. Okay. All right. And no fertilizer at this time of year. Wait till spring. Now, <clears throat> next year, should I just leave it inside? Not I have been putting it out in the summertime for growth. Yeah, no, it, it likes it being outside, loves the humidity outside, loves the, the actual real sun, you know, that doesn't have to come through your windows. So, no, putting it outside is a good idea. Um, not sure why, you know, what happened. We, you know, it kind of depends. We, it has to be frost free. And when we do take something outside in the spring, we take it out very slowly and gently. So, mm-hmm. nice warm day, we put it out just in the shade, out of the wind, right? So, it's a real gentle introduction to the outside. So, it might just be that it got a bit shocked when you took it out and, and you saw some dieback. Okay, well, I sit it in a, a south window. Good. Um, that should be right. Yep, perfect. Make sure there's no no blinds drawn. In the summer, I understand you would you would want to maybe shade that room a bit with some blinds. But in the winter, try and leave everything open to maximize the light for the little tree. Well, that's great, Helen. I hope everything goes well with that. Okay, and thank you for your call. Giving a ring here. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Uh, Aiton or Aiden? Let me see. Brenda, are you in Aiton? Hi, Brenda. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Um, I was just wondering, is it too late um, uh, for fall fertilizer on a lawn? Not at all. Nope, you're good. For, you're good for your lawn. I was wondering what you wanted to fertilize there, but no, you can apply fall fertilizer right up. It'll tell you right on the bag. Actually, usually you're good till early mid November with a fall fertilizer. Okay, and it like is, we have some twenty eight four eight, or is that more of a spring one? Correct. Yep, that okay, big what high. You get now. You need to go to the store and buy it. Something that's called a fall turf fertilizer. It'll say right on it, fall fertilizer. Okay, you don't know the number. Um, no, I can tell you, but it depends who the manufacturer is. I think you're going to find that the the fertilizer company that's out there the most is Scott's with Turf Builder. And so it, it seems like if you go to Canadian Tire, you go to Home Harder, wherever you go, it seems like you're always going to run into Turf Builder. So they do have a very clear red and white bag, fall um, fertilizer for lawns. Uh, I can give you the number on that, but... Bottom line is the first number is substantially lower than that 28 you just mentioned, which okay. is very much of a spring fertilizer. Okay. okay. Okay, so we shouldn't use that. No, save it for next spring. It doesn't go bad. Just keep okay. it dry. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Thank okay, you Brenda, so th- thank, thank you very you. much. All righty. Okay. And uh, we are up to our first break here, our second break, actually. And when we return, I'm going to ask uh, Celsa and uh, Siva, who are hanging on the line there, to keep hanging on the line. <laughs> We're going to do a couple of uh, emails and try and keep those uh, folks Rolling. happy. Yeah, who have taken the time and trouble to send you questions via email. That coming up next here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, let's go to the emails here. We've got one from uh, Nick Manna. It says, hi, Charlie. Uh, this plant was given to me in the spring, obviously. He sent you a picture of it. Can you please tell me the name of the plant and 
Will It Grow Back next year? Thank you. Love your program. Loyal listener, Nick. There you go. Thank you for the email, Nick. And let's recognize that this email is a month old. So because <laughs> yeah. we did get so many and they're pretty piled up there on my in my inbox. But we'll get to everybody, even though it might be a little bit late in terms of the answers. <clears throat> this in the photograph looks like us, an annual plant called Celosia, spelled C-E-L-O-S-I-A. The... Uh, Variety or the the examples that Nick is growing are very very tall. They're very beautiful. They're they, many millennials love this annual just because it's so showy. It's very bright colors, yellows and reds and oranges. It's got plumy flowers, or it has a much more of almost looks like brain matter kind of flower. So it's an unusual flower uh, and and very hot colors. And it will not come back next spring. But you might be able to save some seeds or buy some seeds and grow this plant again next year. Okay. Excelente. Um, here's a note from Irene. Hello, Charlie and Frank. Always enjoy your show. Thanks for all the good info. I was wondering about fertilizing tomatoes or other edibles. Does the fertilizer remain in our vegetables? Is this posing a risk to our health? Okay, so thank you, Irene. Good question. I, I can imagine a number of people might have this question. The thing to recognize is that what is fertilizer? Fertilizer is composed of the the nutrients that plants need to grow. So very completely naturally occurring nutrients like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, even things like zinc and molybdenum and calcium. These are all essential plant nutrients. None of these are toxic to us. All of them are in our environment. We're breathing, you know, nitrogen right now as we speak. And certainly when many of us take supplements uh, in the form of pills, etc., which add kind of all kinds of extra magnesium and calciums and zincs to our diet, which again are essential plant nutrients. So I would not be overly concerned about the, any remains of mm-hmm. fertilizer nutrient inside a plant. I think the biggest thing for most people is, do I want to use synthetic fertilizer? So fertilizer that's made in a factory. So it still does nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, but it's made in a factory and it comes out, you know, bright blue. Yep. Or do I want to use organic fertilizer? So that would be, you know, composted manure for my nitrogen, bone meal for my phosphorus, ashes out of the fireplace for my potash. So where do I want to go? Do I want naturally occurring minerals or do I want synthesized minerals? And that, I think, is the philosophical debate that people have. I remember way back in Guelph, I mean, way back arguing with or, or, you know, discussing with friends, is the vitamin C in an orange different from the vitamin C in that pill over there, Ah, right? So the mm -hmm. molecule technically is the same, but the source of the nutrients is different because obviously what is naturally occurred and the molecule has been created in nature versus made in a factory. And um, yes, my non-scientific friends insisted that the natural vitamin C was better for you than the pill vitamin C. And I, the scientist, said, you're, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's all the same. So, who knows? <laughs> there you go. Okay. There's, there's the answer. That's not the answer, but there's the answer. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, we'll go back to the phone lines okay. now sure. and say hi to uh, Salsa calling in from maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. Good morning, mm-hmm. Salsa. Hi, good morning, Frank and uh, Charlie. How are you? Excellent. Great, thanks. thanks for calling. Oh, welcome. Really missed, uh, you know, talking to you on the phone. Mm. But I did listen to the program on the radio. Yes. Good. Uh, I'll be really quick. I want to ask you, I uh, was presented with uh, Heather in a pot. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it says Kaluna Multiheather. Now, I've never been successful in the past, but I'm just wondering, wh- they say that it should not be, you know, soaking wet, right? Mm-hmm. But That's what true. happens is when you pour the water, because this is all like, um, what do you call it, bark and all mm-hmm. kinds of things. It inside. drains right through. It gets drained out. So how do I keep this green on the top or, you know, the purpley white flowers? Okay, so it's, it won't flower forever anyway. I mean, it's a, it's a short-term flower. It's beautiful, though. Are yes. you planning to plant that outside in your garden? No, I had it in the pot indoors. Oh, okay. Because you could. You could plant it outside. I could? Okay. If you live in Toronto, you're in a zone six, likely, unless you're in a super windy spot. Uh-huh. Kaluna could theoretically survive outside, but it does okay. have very specific requirements. So that's okay. the challenge. And as you notice, it doesn't want to sit in water. So if you were going to plant it outside, you would have to plant it into very well-drained soil. Our Native soil tends to be a bit on the clay side, so you need to add some gravel or or chunky sand to wherever you're going to plant it, and it would love some peat moss. Or keep it inside as you've got it, but again, it's bright spot inside your home. You don't want to let it sit in water, uh, and it's one of the, it's almost like an orchid. You want to water thoroughly. You could even dunk it. You know how we talk about watering orchids by dunking them into a yes. bucket of water. Yes. You could do the same thing with this Kaluna. Is okay stick because that I hole. left it on the windowsill mm-hmm. with the south yep. west uh, sun. You know, and I found that some of the leaves were getting. Brown, and I said, let me call and ask you yeah. what to do. It's, it's a th- it's, the challenge is thoroughly watering it and thoroughly draining it and getting enough light on it, but not burning it at the same time. So, well, yeah, get yourself a bucket of water, let it sit to room temperature, and then immerse the pot. And, and even if the plant wants to go underwater, that's fine too. Drain it out back onto the windowsill and just plan to do that every five, six days, uh, at, depending on how hot your place is. You know, okay, so we, I can plant it also outdoors. Said, right? You could. You could yeah. if you had a spot where you could do it, but it's pretty specific. You could, like I say, well drained with peat moss. Okay, so it, I thought it was zone nine, so I didn't put it Oh, out. well, unless I'm wrong here, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's a, you can. But, okay. but if you keep listening, I'll report back on that. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Elsa. Thank Have you. a great day, Frank. All right, thank you very much. Okay, just quickly, let's yeah. go back to lawn fertilizer for one second. I was trying to look up Turf Builder. Turf Builder's not telling me anything, uh, but here you go. CIL makes a lawn fertilizer, which is available at Canadian Tire. The, the, the number, because... Um, Oh, I didn't even write down her name. The woman who called from Aiton. <laughs> oh, that would be Brenda. Bre- thank you. Sorry, Brenda. Didn't write your name down. So, Brenda, the CIL lawn fertilizer, the numbers are 4012. Oh. High potassium. The third number is potassium. Always a, f- a fall fertilizer should always be a high. The highest number should be the third number. Very good. And spring fertilizer, the highest number is the first number, which is uh, what she's reverse got. Reverse situation. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, and, and if you're looking for a time to call, we have a couple of lines open right now, so I would advise you get to the old telephony <laughs> and uh, give us a ring at one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. But in the meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's Siva, who's been so very patient waiting. Hello, Siva. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Miss, miss you guys. Yeah, nice <laughs> to hear your voice. Okay. I've never had them before, but a friend gave me like five. Uh, Pots of them. Yeah, geraniums. What I want to know is, can I take them in the basement and leave them in the the pots with the soil? What does your basement look like? Is there any light down there? There is a little light. I have a window. Mm. Okay. 
Many people love to overwinter geraniums, particularly beautiful ones yeah. that they've had good success with. Um, I, when I, my best success overwintering geraniums, because I have a heated basement, it, is to keep them as a house plant. Wash them all up with soap and water, bring them in, and keep them in a sunny window in the living room or the dining room, wherever, and treat them as a house plant for the winter. They, and water as necessary, start fertilizing in the spring, la la la. However, if you have a cool basement, so an unheated basement, you can take geraniums down into the basement where they will go semi-dormant. Okay. Your best success to have semi-dormant geraniums is you take them out of the pot and you take the plant with the, the soil basically kind of shaken off the roots. Uh, paper bags, because a paper bag will keep some moisture in, but not too much moisture in. And people will hang them typically upside down if you have a cool basement. If okay. it's a warm basement, this won't work. Okay. okay. Yeah, mine is cool. Okay. All right. Yeah, so try it. Okay. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. You're welcome, Ziva. Good to hear from you. Uh, we have Tanya on the line from Barry. Good morning, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Good morning. Whoops. Have we tried? Hello. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, okay. Hi, Tanya. I have a problem with my lawn. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever, the whole thing is dead. Oh, my. So I have a company that fertilizes and gets rid of the weeds. Mm-hmm. And um, the lawn was dead by by July. And um, so I had them come out twice. They told me it was because I wasn't watering. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, yeah, but I, I, I did water. I put 10 hours worth of water on the lawn, you know, mm-hmm. and I watered it well. Anyway, um, so my grass cutter said, uh, the problem is, is that they were doing it at the wrong time. When the lawn was stressed, like they put the fertilizer down and the weed down. Oh, I see. And so they just threw the last of the weed killer on um, a, a couple of weeks ago, and the whole lawn turned black. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is, is weeds. There's absolutely okay. no grass now since mid-July. And um, so my grass cutter said he'll get rid of the weeds, which he did. And he said, your neighbors might complain mm-hmm. about the smell. I oh. said, I don't think they will. They'll be happy I'm getting rid of the weeds. So what do you like uh, vinegar, I guess? Pardon? What did he use? Was it vinegar? Um, the, the new guy? No. The, I, the I think it was no, but real he's... weed killer. Oh, okay. You know. And, like illegal uh, stuff? Okay. And so all the weeds are are dead now. Mm-hmm. So I said I wanted the lawn replaced, like he wanted to, um, um, you know, do the plugging, you know, the aerating. Yes. And um, grass seed. But he said, well, now your company came last week when it turned all black, like mm-hmm. when they put the iron down, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, there's so much chemical on it, leave it alone till spring. But I'd like to get the grass seed in this fall, because okay. I think it'll get a better chance. Definitely. Yeah. You're right. Now, so um, don't can ever, I do that? Yes. With, so with don't these. ever leave an exposed area to just sit for six months or a season, because you will regret that. It'll be all weeds again. Because all, you know, there's all kinds of things um, blooming and seeding all over the place, blowing through the air. Yeah, you'll be right back where you were a week ago in the spring. So take advantage of the fact that there's nothing alive on your lawn right now. 
Uh-huh. Uh, the, I'm not sure exactly what chemicals were used. Uh, the iron will not hurt anything, so don't worry about that, that weed killer that's iron-based that turned everything black. Your lawn guy, you said he killed the weeds with a weed killer. If he used Roundup, um, again, it goes completely inert once it's dry, so there's, there's no residue from things like Roundup. I'm not sure what he used. Um, but... You, I would certainly consider top dressing, so that's adding triple mix or lawn top dressing. <clears throat> Anywhere from a quarter of an inch to a half an inch, depending on the grades in your, on your property, because you want to match your driveway and your patio, etc. So top dress with fresh soil. Uh, if there are weeds, first dig them out. Top dress, rake, broadcast a seed that's good for your environment. So a sun mix, a shade mix, a, a both mix, you know, sunny, shady, a high traffic. There's lots of choices of grass blends. Get that uh, seed down at the right quantity as per the bag. And then a light, very light raking with a fan rake, just so the birds don't take all the seed, and pray for rain. But your timing is good. The soil is still warm, which is good for seed germination. There has been and will be more rain coming, which is great for seed germination. And um, I definitely would get something onto that lawn and do not leave it blank because, like I said, it's just going to be a mess of weeds in the spring, not to mention it's not pretty to look at and your neighbors are going to have opinions and everybody's going to say, what are you doing there? And So just do it. Get that grass seed out. Fall is the best time by far. You may need to do some extra overseeding in the spring. That's fine. Get it started this fall. Oh, good. Great. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if I've never had a, my lawn just die like that. Yeah. Through all the years. You know, we've had droughts and things mm-hmm. like that. I think we might have had some chinch bugs uh, doing some damage in some uh, of the lawns mm-hmm. in southern Ontario. So um, it could be, it could have been that. Okay, I didn't well, thank see you. any Tanya. sign of that or grubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, my neighbor two doors over, her lawn did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she has a different company. Right. And they said that she had grubs. But then I pulled up some turf. I didn't see any grubs. Well, if you said it was dead by July, it certainly wasn't grubs. Because the grubs are not doing any eating in June and July. July. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's more likely chinch bug. And the heat, the hot, hot sun, that's chinch bug uh, environment. Yeah. Thank well, you, Tanya. Yeah, the we grass have... did not dry, dry underneath <laughs> where I had a tree. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Tanya, I'm sorry. Uh, Thanks. It must have been shade. Okay. okay thank yeah. you. I'm, we, I'm so grateful. Yeah, have to our move pleasure. Along here, my love. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, uh, just before we go back to the phone lines again for another call, we do have several waiting. Let's deal with one more email here for Ken. We're trying to mm-hmm. kind of knock these balance, off as we can. Balance the calls That's and the emails. Right. Uh, Evelyn Robson from Bellwood, Ontario, which is near Fergus, mm-hmm. she tells us. Uh, Hello, Charlie and Frank. Love your show. Listen every week. I have a dilemma. I usually cut back my clematis in the spring, which I did this year and had a beautiful display of flowers, as you can see by my photo. It's finished blooming and is just foliage now. My problem is, should I cut it back now as it's trailing down over the walkway and looks unsightly or leave it until spring? Because it grew so large this year, it's blocking the growth of other low-lying plants. Regards, Ev. All right. So thank you, Ev. I'm not sure if you looked at these pictures, but she's right. Like the clematis is literally growing right over right. out over the walkway. It's like it's like it's drunk or something. It's like it's fallen down and it's just this big mat on the on the walkway. So here's my suggestion um, for now. Uh, you really, you don't really want to cut it back in the fall. The best time to cut back this clematis would be in the early spring. 
But bottom line is you need better support. You need something for that clematis to grow on, like a very solid trellis of one kind or another up against that brick wall. And if necessary, direct the clematis. Mm. I mean, the, the clematis, many plants have a mind of their own, right? They, they're saying, well, I don't care what you do. I'm, I'm growing this way. Yeah. And you are the master of the garden or mistress, as the case may be. You need to direct the plants. So if a plant is growing in a direction you don't want it to grow and it's a vine, you can twine it back into that trellis that you're going to install. Um, or you can cut off something that's growing out over the walkway. So like I said, best time to cut that down is in the spring. If you can get a trellis in this fall, properly installed, um, there's some lovely ones that even just stick into the soil, right? You just put your weight onto it. It's got long legs and you stick it down into the soil. Then I would physically pick up that vine and I would flip it up over the trellis for the winter. And then in the spring, cut the whole thing down. And then as it starts to grow in the spring, direct it onto this new support. All righty. Uh, we are up to our next break here. And uh, so, Fran in Oakville, uh, we're coming to you in just a few moments. Hang tight there, my friend. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on a Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show, with Charlie Dobbin. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, oh, Fran, now wait a minute. Uh, I'm coming to you, really I am. But Charlie wanted to address something one of our previous callers had had. Uh, Selsa. Selsa so, yes. was talking about potted heather. Um, and she indicated it was a Kaluna. Kaluna is the genus. Kaluna vulgaris is the common, very, very commonly grown in the industry. Beautiful plant. Um, Hardy zone six to nine. So, um, sort of four to six, even. This is a hardy plant. This plant will survive outside. However, in Toronto, you need to provide for that plant to survive over the winter moist. <clears throat> this is the soil. Moist, acidic, humusy. So lots of good organic material. Somewhat lean. <laughs> I love it. Lean soil. So not too rich. Uh, sandy or gravelly. Very well drained of average fertility in full sun to part shade. That's it's quite a big okay demand. So here's the website and I love this website Missouri Botanical Garden. So you just plug into your Google um Kaluna vulgaris and go Missouri and then Missouri Botanical Garden will come up and everything you need to know is right there. All right. Doke. Good stuff. Fran, thank you very much for being so patient and waiting for us there in Oakville. You're on the air. <laughs> oh, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, could you tell me the difference between the fall and the winterizer fertilizer, and do you have to use both on no. the lawn? No, they're the same. The fall oh, they're the same. And, yep. Oh, okay. Don't use both, for sure. Just use one of them, but definitely do use one of them. Oh, okay. If That's all I wanted to know. Okay, I was going to you know the different uh, manufacturers. Exactly. You know. Yeah, they're all trying to grab you. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you know, you read the back of the bag before you buy. Um, there are some brands that are, generally speaking, they're all pretty good, responsible brands. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of saying, um, you know, what bag size is good for me. And fertilizer doesn't go bad, but oh. you know, nice to not have a lot of leftover fer- long fertilizers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as long as you keep it dry. But yeah, um, yeah for, it's the if you're only going to fertilize your lawn once a year, do it now. Do it in the fall. It's so important to have a healthy lawn in the spring. 
Okay. Good. Thanks a lot. All You're right, friend. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Off to Hagersville. There's Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Yes, I have a an anthurium. Mm-hmm. It's at least ten years old, mm. and it was getting root bound. Okay. So I took it out of the pot, and I cut. I the roots were around around the pot, so I right. I straightened them all out. Mm-hmm. And put them back in, and it said to to mix the soil with, like it had a lot of chips, mm. but I put some of the some um, tropical soil too, okay. and it did good for a while. But now I'm not sure whether it's getting too much water because some of the leaves have gone brown and died. So sorry, what kind of soil did you add to the existing chips? A potting soil or container? Um, well, I had the chips plus, I think it was, um, I don't know if it's a tropical mix. Oh, okay. That's fine. As long as it wasn't out of the garden. It, it, no. it was a bagged soil. No, okay. it was bagged that's soil. That's all fine. That's good. Yep. And you did a slightly bigger pot? No, actually, I've, oh, you I've decreased the, the roots and put it back in the same pot. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? And when did you, how long ago did you do this? Oh, a few weeks anyway. Okay. So, you know what? Don't panic. Tropical plants are just the same as our maple trees outside. They know winter's coming. They, oh, okay. They know the days are getting shorter. They know the temperatures are getting cooler. Everybody's hunkering down for winter. So even your tropical anthurium is, is hunkering down. So to have a few of the older, more mature leaves turn yellow is absolutely normal. It happens. I mean, I see it on, on fig trees, you know, the, the ficus, the benjaminas inside. They, they defoliate every fall just because they know it's fall, even though nothing's changed. So do be careful. Um, make sure it's in a bright, it doesn't have to be direct sunlight, but it's in a bright spot all winter. Uh, turn it every day or so, or every week or so, at least 180 degrees, so it grows evenly. Water, when dry, they do like more water than many other plants. It doesn't mm-hmm. want to sit in water, but it, does, it doesn't want to dry right down to, to a desert. So feel the soil, and when it stops being a little bit on the spongy side, water until the water comes out the, the drainage holes, because, of course, that pot has drainage holes, right? Yes. Good. And, um, yeah, the, the fact that you trimmed a bunch of roots and stuff, is just it's just getting used to that, and, and it, it knows it's winter. So don't panic. It'll be fine. What if some of the leaves are really thin and... They're still green, but they're they're not thick and sturdy like they used to be. Right, and you didn't move its location, right? It's in the same spot that it's been for the last ten years. Yes. Okay. So again, uh, it's it's going through. I I believe it's going through a transition to see what I would have done in that case. I probably would have given it a slightly bigger pot if I could have. So if it was in a four inch, I would have gone to a six inch. But then maybe you said, no, I don't want such a big plant. <laughs> so, but the fresh soil is good. Uh, and, but just be careful with overwatering. Cause remember, if you pruned roots, you wounded the roots. Like you, you exposed, um, the roots to things like fungal diseases that can grow in wet soils. So if it gets huh. too wet for too long, then you may have some root rot set in and it would happen more easily because of the pruning you did. So not to worry. I, th- I, I think you're, you'll be fine. It's just a matter of sort of letting it get through this and it's going to bounce right back in the spring. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> okay, let us know. <laughs> thank you. Alrighty. Okay, thank you. Thanks All for right, calling. Um, just I don't before... think she believed me. 
<laughs> Just before we take our next break, is more of a comment than a question here from Wayne Furman in Victor, New York. Oh, yes. says, hi, Charlie, your response to my question about my AWOL petunias was spot on. They have been reappearing over the last couple of weeks as temperatures have cooled considerably. I resisted the temptation to pull them out since the plants look so healthy, and now I'm glad I did. I've never experienced this phenomenon before and fear it may be a subtle sign of global climate change. Summer here has been a real scorcher, and this continues uh, a trend over the last several seasons. Thanks so much for responding to my question. I look forward to tuning in to you and Frank every Saturday morning. Ciao. Wayne Furman, Victor, New York. Yeah, and just to put that into perspective, mm-hmm. it was two weeks ago that I answered Wayne's email where he said, "What what's going on with my petunias? Yeah. There's no flowers, right? They're just green and healthy, but but no flowers. And I explained that it was because it was so hot. Ah, uh, there you go. And, and so he didn't pull them up, thank goodness. And as he points out, things cooled down and everything's yeah. back to flowering. So okay. thank you for that. Good and to we hear. will be back to our phone lines in just a moment to say hi to Heather in Brampton right after these words as you listen in to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's bob along to Brampton. There's Heather. Good morning, Heather. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Our pleasure. Uh, don't want to belittle the, the Scots, um, the turf builder, the fertilizing of mm-hmm. the lawn. I went out and got my bag from the shed. The numbers I'm showing on it are 32010. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, okay. So this is where there's there's some science and there's some philosophy and there's some this is how we've all we've always done it behind fertilizers. So you're right. Why is Scott's lawn like fall fertilizer a thirty two zero ten? I understand the zero zero phosphorus makes total sense in the fall, but that is a very high uh, amount of nitrogen. Like from a a ratio that's three times as much nitrogen as it is potassium, right? Versus look at CIL. I had it here. Now I can't find it. Um, the, the CIL fall fertilizer is a four zero twelve, so it's a ratio of one zero three. So three zero one and one zero three. So they're totally opposite to each other. So which one's better? I don't know. Flip a coin. <laughs> uh, flip a coin. I uh, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know next spring. Yeah. Follow follow yeah. the instructions on the bag. Okay. Do, do not overdo it like make sure when it'll say this nine kilogram bag will do 200 square meters then make sure you make it fit onto 900 square meters or whatever it says okay so i and honestly i have used turf builder over the years and i've never i've never had a bad experience with it so yeah, but, i'm just switching all over to scott's now with the seeding and i've been taking all your advice on that and it's coming along really well on the front lawn yeah and also the the spring and summer fertilizing i've gone with all scott's so uh, hopefully i'll I, I think you'll you'll find it'll work out fine but it it just flies in the face of everything Thing I've ever learned. I, ever. Yeah, I just, I just about, oh my goodness. <laughs> I've already put what's, it down on the what's front. What's going so. on? Yeah, I know. So, Perfect. Thank you so okay. very I'll, much. I'll really call love up the show. some Thank of those you. Scots people after the show and yell at them, okay? <laughs> okay. Thank <laughs> you. Care. Thanks, Heather. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hillsborough, uh, Hillsburg, pardon me. Uh, Marlene online. Good morning, Marlene. Good morning, Charlie. Frank, how are you? Morning. Great. Excellent. Good. I have a weird question. Well, I don't know if it's weird or not, but. 
Can you tell me why mushrooms would be growing all over my lawn? Oh, that's not a weird question. Mostly around the pine trees for some reason. Hmm. And have you taken out a tree in the last couple of years? Um, no. Okay, so... Although uh, there has been some trees in the in our tree line died, but they weren't... Um, they weren't pine. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. So, okay, so here's how this works. Mushrooms, mushrooms are what the ultimate decomposers. Okay. So the, the little toadstools you're seeing above ground is the smallest part of the mushroom. What's going on underground is the, the network, the hypha, all the little threads, right? And, okay. And that, that material breaks down organic material like nothing. Anything, nothing does it the way that hypha does it. So you've got some organic material underneath your lawn that is being decomposed by that those mushrooms. So it could oh, okay. be roots left over from a tree that was taken out years ago, and it takes a few years. Eventually, the mushrooms will stop appearing. If, okay. If it's really, like, bothering you and it's just, you know, not pretty, you, a little aeration can help, like a core aeration, opening up the soil, ensuring you've got good drainage. Um, obviously, fertilizer helps keep the grass as healthy as possible so that, again, the mushrooms can't kind of do a takeover. Over, but don't be upset when you've got a few mushrooms. They're doing their job. Okay, great. All right. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Marlene. Thanks for calling. Uh, one final Enjoy call your show. here. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Uh, Frank and Ancaster on the line. Good morning, Frank. Yes, good morning, Frank and, and Charlie. Charlie, we talked together a little over a year ago about my summer breeze hydrangea. It wasn't blooming, mm-hmm. and then you advised me to cut it back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of them to see what would happen. I cut them all back down to the ground. Last spring, and right? last, uh, well, even this spring. And I'll tell you, they mm-hmm. grew right up just brilliantly. But I haven't had a bloom <laughs> since about five years. Mm-hmm. And I'm really stumped here as to whether I'm pruning wrong in no, the fall or whether I should no. do can you please help me out further on that? I, I would love to. You, you know you're not the first caller if you listen to the show with any regularity. This is an ongoing issue for so many people. Love mm-hmm. my hydrangeas, but why aren't they blooming? So how much sun are those uh, hydrangeas in? Well, I think I'm getting about a 60-40 ratio there of shade more than sun, I must admit. So maybe four hours of sun, maybe? I think so. And, and my backyard over the years has got a little more shady. Yeah. I have a shed not too far next to it. I, 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 when I mentioned to you last, I thought I might move them forward or more, but I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You said not to lift them yet. Try this first. But no, in answer to your question, there it is. I don't know whether I'm getting enough sun or so big, maybe I'm getting too much shade. So they're big, beautiful green plants and have been all summer. Oh, beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and you did prune them up. <laughs> Haven't down. seen a bud even yet. Yeah, you pruned them down hard in the spring. In the spring? Is it, I'm asking. Did uh, you? That's what I did, yeah. yes. I went right down to the ground. Yeah, good. Uh, I wish I had an answer. Um, I don't, I, there's no magic on this. It's one of those things that, I mean, did you fertilize at all? I put on the, um, oh, yes, I did, uh, uh, hydrangea type fertilizer. Oh, did you? Uh, Oh, um, like a the other one. Um, what's the other one for? It turned them blue. Um, right, sulfur. Oh, yeah. So you did a like a um, for acid loving plants. Yes, okay. yes. Hmm. I wish I had an answer. You know what? There's a whole bunch of people right now nodding their heads at home, going, "Absolutely, I'm with Frank on this. Why doesn't my hydrangea mm-hmm. bloom?" Mm-hmm. So here's my. I wonder my, if I'm pruning a little bit too heavily no, no. in the in the. Fall or prune, no, prune in the spring, correct? Yeah, don't prune in the fall at all. Leave them alone. Prune in the spring only. And and my okay, bottom line, because we do have to go, is that uh, 
if we next year you still don't have any blooms, give them one more year, then you're going to pull them all out and you're going to replace with Annabelle hydrangeas, which will bloom in the sh- in the shade uh, with great. That's what I think I have now. Regularity. I think the, these are Annabelle. Oh, you said summer breeze. Oh, Annabelle well, I, should definitely. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm confusing you here. I think they are. I read the label. I had it in the garage for a long time. It says summer breeze. But if I go to the Annabelle, well, here, here one more thing here. Um, so, you know what, you know what Frank? Out of time, Frank. What the buds are Frank, you, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to let you go because yeah. we're out of time. And yeah, I can okay, hear cars. So we're work on that and I'll get back. Yeah, we'll talk Thanks. again next week. So yep. cars are roaring up uh, right oh, outside the door. And we're going to get run over. <laughs> the boys are back in town. That's look right. Look out. <laughs> and look out because they just, they'll just run us over. So we got to go. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thanks for your great calls. More emails to, to cover off as well. Carlos couldn't do any of this without you and obviously could definitely couldn't do any of it without well, Frank. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, big thanks, big hugs. I'm just, I'm taking my dad out to the county. So if anybody is thinking what I'm doing for the next few days, I'm giving my dad a break from oh, his retirement residence. Get some fresh air. All right, see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.